It's been brought to my attention that patients and physicians in Illinois are continuing to experience issues with the new Illinois Medical Cannabis Intellitrax system. To those that read the 2021 annual report for the Medical Cannabis Patient Program, this may come as no surprise. Allow me to read an excerpt from page four of the report. On June 22nd, the Medical Cannabis Patient Program went live with their new Intellitrax system. As of 8-17-2021, there are a total of 300 defects in the system. The system was taken down for two weeks for data migration and upon launch, crashed for approximately two weeks. The Medical Cannabis Division continues to work through ongoing defects in the system, but they do not specify what the issues were, which left me curious. While these issues are certainly preventing patients their rightful access to medical cannabis, I believe that this issue is larger than access to medical cannabis. While that is certainly important to some patients, there is an argument to be made that a certain subsect of the population are now in legal jeopardy. In Illinois, medical cannabis patients are allowed to cultivate cannabis. If you cultivate cannabis without a medical cannabis card, you could face serious legal consequences. If a patient fails to get recertified and their card expires through no fault of their own, should they face legal consequences? Is that really just? I wanna reiterate that this issue is bigger than access. Lack of communication from the Illinois Department of Health to the patients of the state has unfortunately been a universal constant. I have yet to see any substantive reporting on this issue. So I sat down and asked myself, what's stopping me from covering this issue? I reached out to some of my contacts in the industry and here is their perspective. Before we get started, I just wanted to give you a quick reminder that we are now selling Chillinoy t-shirts. If you want to support our podcast to help us continue to produce content like this, and of course, keep the lights on, go to chillinoynet slash support and purchase your t-shirt. That link will be in the podcast description. Enjoy the episode. Hello, I'm Rebecca Abraham, and I am a cannabis nurse, and I am the owner of Acute on Chronic. Um, what we do is we educate and guide patients and collaborate with their care team, their doctors, their hospital, their home health nurses, and help them use cannabis in collaboration with everything else they're doing in healthcare. Um, we help get people certified. Um, we just have a contracted doctor in case um, their local physician in Illinois cannot do it because of policy at their own facility or just doesn't feel comfortable. So we help people with certifications all the time with their physicians as well as with our own physician. Awesome. And before we get into today's uh, story, uh, where can we find you online? Oh, yes. Thank you. Uh, www.acuteonchronic.com. We are on Facebook, Acute on Chronic, and Instagram at Acute on Chronic RN420. Awesome. Folks, we'll have the links and handles in the podcast description as always. Rebecca, tell us about what you're hearing, what you're seeing. I've been personally hearing reports of, of issues with the medical cannabis program in Illinois. Yeah. Um, so when they switched over to this new system, the state said you can no longer turn in a paper copy of your application. A lot of physicians um, were never notified of that. Um, they kept trying to fill out paper copies for patients, telling them to submit them. That wasn't happening. Eventually, once the patient would try to call IDPH, that's when they figured out they probably need to do this online. But 
doctors were still not notified. So the ones that had been certifying were unaware of this change. Um, once you make a physician aware of this change, I'm hearing that some physicians, they put in their license number, uh, and this is, all, they're all Illinois physicians with Illinois state licenses. Um, they try to put it in and they're being told that they don't exist in the system. Um, so that causes some of them to give up. Um, cause remember, um, physicians are not reimbursed for this really at all. Um, and not to say that that's, you know, a good reason not to do this, but if you think about the day of your outpatient doctor, um, they are seeing 20, 30, 40, 50 encounters a day. They are charting when they get home, they're charting on the weekend. So they, these folks really do not have any extra time in their day, um, to do anything besides, you know, traditional patient care. So something like an insurance form that deviates outside of that, something like a medical card takes them extra time. And there are oftentimes, most people are very, you know, they want to help their patients. They're willing to take the extra time to do this. The problem is, is when IDPH doesn't allow that process to go smoothly, um, they do not have time to inquire as to why they are not coming up in the system. The other thing that happens besides just not even being able to register to do the certification is that sometimes they will do the certification and they miss a box and the patient does their part. And it takes a very long time to figure out what was skipped by either party. So when you email IDPH, you get a response about every two to three to six days. Um, and they kind of go through the regular things of what could be wrong, typically blaming the patient. You know, did you fill out your forms right? Are you using a laptop? Um, those two questions sometimes take two weeks to go through. Um, even when in the past I've said, yes, we're using a laptop and covering all the bases, trying to get a speedier answer, sometimes I still don't get one. Um, I have had everything filled out right on both sides. Um, I've double checked for the physician. I've double checked for the patient. And this is multiple physicians throughout the state. And sometimes the two sides just do not link up. Um, that's the biggest problem. I've had people's, their side of their application expire while waiting on trying to see why it's not connecting to the physician. I've had physicians, um, just your average primary care physician out there in the world recertify somebody three times and have it not connect at all. And then finally they just say, I'm sorry, I don't have time to fix this anymore. Um, this even happened with my own medical card. Um, I know how to deal with government systems and healthcare. I was a case manager before. I only work in cannabis nursing now. And so I know these applications really well. My own application was delayed by eight weeks um, because they would not tell me or the doctor certifying me, my neurologist, they would not tell us what was wrong, like who didn't fill out what, why it wasn't connecting. Finally, no joke, eight weeks into this process, and I have the emails to prove it. Um, they were like, oh, your doctor forgot to click no terminal diagnosis. Um, eight weeks, they could have just said this the first time. Um, luckily, I used to work at the same hospital as my neurologist. He knows my family, he knows, you know, so I had the professional courtesy of somebody 
who was willing to keep trying for me, but also had as a large team at an academic medical center to do this for him, essentially to bother IDPH. So if it happened to me, <laughs> um, what does it, you know, what's happening to the other patients out there? Um, so we've seen this kind of disconnection. And then sometimes, yeah, we never find out the reason why the computer system does not link the patient to the physician. Wow. Um, thank you for, for really breaking that down. Um, I, I have a lot of thoughts, obviously, but I'll keep it at this. If you're one of the people that are helping people get certified and you're unable to get certified. Yeah. I I don't do, I have to even complete that thought. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's what prompted me to like, I, the only thing I feel like propelled me into getting finally getting a response back of what the problem was is I literally emailed my state Senator. Wow. Yeah. This is uh well, <laughs> there's obviously an issue here and, and to be um, I mentioned this already uh, in the final cut of the podcast, but um, you know, the Illinois medical cannabis program uh, did, admit in their um, 2021 annual report for the program uh, that on June 22nd, when the program, when the program went quote live, which I don't consider it live, if there's still issues um, with their new IntelliTrack system uh, that there are, you know, as of 8, 17, 2021, there were 300 total defects. The system was taken down for two weeks for data migration and upon launch crashed for approximately two weeks. And, and this is the part where they admit that they continue to work through ongoing defects in the system, but that doesn't obviously them admitting that that there is an issue doesn't make it any better. Um, That communication hasn't gone out to anybody. The only reason I know about it is because I'm a nerd and I like to dig into those reports. What are your thoughts on how this whole thing was handled? Because like I said, that thing that I just found in that report not being communicated, look, lack of communication is not a new thing in this saga of this system. What is your take on how the whole thing has been, on how this whole migration has been handled? Yeah, it was pretty poorly implemented. Um, Just... It's surprising to me that no physicians were notified through IDPH, you know, as somebody who's licensed as a nurse, um, IDPFR will send us updates on new requirements, new things like pretty infrequently, like, hey, you have to complete this new training or, hey, you have to do this. I'm really surprised that IDPH didn't send anything to providers or to medical patients. Um, I do think that they did send things out to medical patients that the system was switching over, but that was even confusing to people. I still have people asking me four months later, like, is my old card still good? Do I have to go online now? I got an email. I don't know what it says. I don't well, understand. that's just it. I was going to say a lot of people that received the email got a blank email, which is a joke that I made uh, with the recent outage. Um, I don't know if you were aware, but a few weeks ago, there was an outage where patients weren't being able to be served at all. Um, yeah. At all. And I made a joke. I said, uh, well, maybe the state will send out a blank email about this so that everybody can be informed. <laughs> yeah. Or, or like a tweet. I'm not even sure that the department is tweeting and I'm not sure where the problem begins and ends. Like, was it just 
is it poorly implemented from the top? Is it just, they just don't have enough resources? There was a pandemic, you know, they're stretched thin. What happened? Because it's very straight, like, even when you're trying to communicate with somebody to fix it, just there's no number. Um, I do know some people who have this like secret backdoor number. Uh, I don't know how they got it or who they're talking to. Uh, I cannot find that number. Sometimes if you're in a different county besides Cook County, those counties have actually been really helpful. They have the secret pathway to a real person number. Um, but if you're in like Cook, Lake, DuPage, we don't have that. And we're the kind of largest population. So um, it's very strange to ask a very simple question and then not get a, the response that you asked three days later. And that is one thing I think that you could confirm has been consistent throughout the life of this program. I've never been able to get a hold of anybody. There used to be a phone number but you, it would always send you straight to voicemail. You had, I figured out that you had to just keep calling and keep calling. I remember one day I literally called, like it was like 150 times and I did get through, um, but I didn't get any answers. You know, it was, it was back in the day before provisional existed. It was back in the day when you had to, when you did have to submit physical paperwork. So, you know, I was just trying to get any status update I could. Would you agree that the lack of communication has been a pretty universal constant throughout the life of this program? Yes. Yes. It's just not the best communication. Ooh, the other really funny tech glitch that I, that is setting people up for failure. Um, the patient side has a spot for a middle name and middle initial. Mm. The physician side does not. Yeah. So when people put in their middle initial, it's not that there's like a lack of communication between the patient's documents the patient and their physician, like, Hey, don't put your middle initial, like, how could there literally not be a spot on one side? And then people can't get their cards because of that. Like, how would the physician know that they added their middle initial when there's not even like a a spot? And we work closely with our patients. So we kind of, we have the opportunity to pester their doctors, their doctor's offices. Although if you're a physician hearing this, I promise we try to not call you until we have to. Um, it's, it's crazy to have to kind of go through this kind of like guesswork to figure out why didn't it link up? Yeah. Yeah. I was just looking at, uh, at one of the emails I had received earlier this morning was a doctor saying exactly that. Um, you know, one of the issues that, they, that he's routinely experienced is that doctors have no space to enter a middle name. So if the patient adds a middle name, um, this is a doctor quote, the whole system is fucked. <laughs> so, uh, just, just to quote a doctor, um, cool. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on today to, to kind of give us a, a, you know, boots on the ground report, or is there anything else that you'd like to share about this um, at all? Yeah, I think it's really important. Again, email your kind of local state representatives, your state rep, your state senator, because inherently um, it's the Illinois state government that appoints folks to run this department and those people do the hiring um, and kind of control the budgets and what gets funds and what doesn't. Um, So it just feels like it just needs to be a better funded, improved program. And the reason why you should email your representatives and, you know, 
in senators is because while you, you know, it doesn't, to some of us, it may not seem super important. Like I could wait eight weeks, you know, I'll be okay with doing something else for my migrants or whatever your primary diagnosis is. But there are people attempting to get this card who have really severe diagnoses. They have cancer. Um, They are on hospice. They're about to be on hospice. And so they don't really need to be spending any more money or time, especially time, especially time when you have a really serious prognosis, you do not have six to eight weeks that you want to be spending on the computer going back and forth with IDPH, like every Mm -hmm. second is precious. So it's for those folks that we have to make this easier and better because they don't want to be on the computer and neither do their families. They want to be enjoying their, you know, their life. So that's why it's important Mm -hmm. to fix this. Yeah. Well, to add to that really quick, uh, not only do people's livelihoods depend on this, but their, um, look, frankly, their right to grow hinges on having an active card. If your card expires, guess what legal jeopardy you might find yourself in if you continue to cultivate cannabis. Right. I'm just saying the the penalties are still harsh for if, if you don't have a card. And uh, let's hope that that changes going forward. But besides the fact that patients can't obtain their medicine, they are potentially in huge legal jeopardy by the color of the law with regard to the cultivation of cannabis. And that you talk about time and money, uh, patients don't have time or money to spend on court fees to prove their innocence just because the state fumbled. Uh, Yeah, exactly. So- Yep. Anyways. So I have also heard reports um, from just a handful of folks where they did nothing. Um, they kind of suspected their card, maybe, you know, um, they might need to like, kind of, it might expire soon. So they did nothing, but just kind of, you know, how you think about it. And they randomly got cards sent to the wrong address um, without doing anything. And they were also, yes, physical cards. Yeah. That's so, yeah, that's something that we've heard as well that patients had received um, in this instance, they were expecting it. They had submitted and applied, you know, to be certified and then they received physical cards. They didn't really know any different that the state apparently is not supposed to be issuing physical cards anymore. It should be like a digital card that you can either print or present digitally. Um, and so they were a little bit confused, but they went into the store. They tried to check in. And like you just said, they, the store looked up their QP number and it did not exist. Yeah. And it's really strange. They didn't pay for that renewal. They didn't ask for it. They thought they might need it soon, but it's very strange to just have something show up and then think you could use it and then not have it work. And it's, yeah, yeah, it's a a mess. There's a lot of glitches. Yeah. Well, that's just another uh, bit of information to add to this uh, mystery. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much, um, and uh, we'll be adding this to our uh, Boots on the Ground report on this issue. Yeah, thanks for having me, and thanks for reporting on this. Um, I'm Dr. Lee. I'm the owner and CEO of Green Mind Physicians. We are a small business that does certifications in, oh, we're up to six states now, so uh, increasing our footprint, but most of our business is still in Illinois. I would say that I do 
you know, between 10 and 15 Illinois certifications a day. So plenty of experience, you know, every single time that Illinois updates their rules, they send me a special letter being like, you certify a lot of people. So we need to tell you this. Um, and I just, I use the system all the time. What's been going on lately? What are some of the issues that you and patients have been experiencing? Um, well, big picture wise, I would say that the website just sucks. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. It's not like, I mean, I certify, personally, I certify patients in four states, Oklahoma, Michigan, Maryland, um, and all of their websites are just better. They're just easier to use. Well, Michigan's not great, but the other ones are very nice websites. It's not difficult to get certified. I'm a patient myself in Missouri. I thought it was the easiest thing ever. Um, and compared to that, Illinois' website is just awful. Um, it's like to just start it off, big issue I have is that I have to change my password like five or six times a day, a day. I'm wow. running out of passwords to use. It's usually like an object in the room. And I'm like, oh, that's my password for the next five hours because I know I'm going to have to change it again. Um, so the login functionality is just awful. And that's just like such a basic part of a website. Um, and then the big thing in terms of like a clinical certification for a patient is that um, you do half of it and the patient does half of it basically. Um, and if your information matches completely, the patient can you know, find your certification, attach it to their profile um, and be good to go. So that's, you know, that's the dream. You just give them the instructions and everything matches and you're good to go. Um, that being said, it rarely, I mean, I'd say it happens about 50% of the time where everything's smooth. Um, and then the other 50% of the time you have some type of issue, like you put in the date of birth wrong or, you know, some type of typo or even nothing. Like there's plenty of times where nothing is different and, you know, you still have to find a way to mess with the system and get the job done. Um, so when I hear that other physicians are like not successfully certifying patients, that's really what comes to mind. Um, the fact that it's usually never done in one step, it needs like, it needs some massaging. You usually have to go in and do it again or, you know, log in for the patient and kind of see what's going wrong on their side. Um, so it needs a few steps. It's hardly ever like one and done. And um, when I think of the way other physicians are doing this, I know it's mostly a side gig. They're probably not super patient. They don't really care about this too much. And that's fine. Um, but that's probably why people aren't getting certified. Uh, I still do a little work for some other companies. Um, and I know that like when patients have issues, they have to submit a ticket to the company and then it goes to me. And, you know, for me, I check it every day, but for physicians that are checking it once a week, like it probably is going to take them a week to even identify the fact that there is a problem. Um, so I would just say that overall, it's not a super user-friendly system. And yeah, that's, that's, that's a big problem. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned that, that you usually received uh, communication from the state, especially considering uh, the, the, the volume of patients you certify. Uh, did you receive regular communication from the state regarding uh, and throughout this transition? I actually did. Um, they told me that what was going to happen uh, before it happened. They uh, told me that it was going to take a week when they were transitioning from paper to online. Um, and when they made further changes later in the summer, um, you know, 
Uh, let's see, what did they do? They decreased the, well, that was original. During the original change, when they decreased the cost. Um, but when they transitioned from having plastic cards to only doing digital permanent cards, they gave me notice. So they actually are pretty decent about like giving me notice when things change. And does that, um, does that communication come from the Illinois Department of Health? Yeah, it comes from the Department of Health. It comes with a little email attachment and it says, you know, as a provider that certifies a lot of patients, we want you to be aware of these types of changes. Um, mm -hmm. And I say, okay. Um, and, you know, by and large, the changes that have happened this year are really good for patients. I think that they've, you know, made good decisions in terms of making it easier to become a medical marijuana patient. So, you know, from that point of view, good job to the state, but your website still sucks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so it, or have you heard of any other outstanding or weird issues that patients have experienced? Um, uh, one out, I guess, outsider um, thing that we've heard a few times, and actually uh, we had a, a health professional confirm that they've experienced it with two to five patients as well. So again, not like a large number by any means, um, but it, but it, it happens. Uh, patients are still receiving a physical card. And when they try to go to the store, the QP number doesn't exist. Hmm. Nothing uh, weird like that or anything else. That I might haven't be heard occurring. that specific issue, but uh, so no, I haven't heard of that specific issue. Um, I'll point out two parts of the website that are really frustrating. One that's just annoying and one that's like pretty bad. Um, so the just annoying one is like, um, the patient, since I log in for patients all the time, I kind of know what it looks like from both sides. Um, the patient has a space to put in their middle name and we don't. So if, right. if there's like a mismatch there, um, you're not, not going to get certified. You're not going to be able to find a doctor's note. And you know, that's just a really dumb website design. <laughs> like, why would it be different on both sides? Um, and like, Another thing is up until last week, oh, this is actually a silent change, um, but up until last week, they were not accepting out-of-state licenses, um, and they've made a change to start accepting, you know, like Iowa license, Michigan license, so that changed like last week, and they didn't really tell anyone, um, but I think that's another really good change. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, another stupid thing. Um, if you get certified and you get, this is the one that really drives me nuts. If you get certified and you get your provisional access, um, the state can still come back at the end of your 30 day provisional period and be like, we need a different picture. We need a different license. Um, your proof of red, your proof of, uh, residency isn't correct. So we need a new one. Um, and that email, the one that's asking for a correction it often gets sorted into your spam or like patients just won't check it. Um, and then at that point, the state will just cancel your registration. I think that's mm. just terrible. I don't, I don't feel like one email is sufficient enough notice to give a patient, you know, what they need in order to submit this correction because they probably have exactly what the state wants. Right. It's just not, you know, it's just not at the top of their inbox and you're just not seeing it. Right. Yeah. And like to just, Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, when that happens to a patient, like they're going to need a new doctor's note and they're going to need to recertify with the state. So I always do it for free because I think it's bullshit. Um, and like doctor's note, no problem. Dr. Lee will take care of it, but you still need to submit your payment to the state. And if a payment, if a patient has chosen three years, 
you know, they're out $125. And I think that's just bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and a, a big thing that you've said and other uh, healthcare physicians that care have said, um, frankly, some physicians that don't do this as a focus or, um, you know, whatever the case may be, may not have enough care to do this because let me just put it this way. It's much easier to just give a prescription, right? Cause you give the prescription, the orders fulfilled at whatever pharmacy and the, the doc, the doctor's job is essentially done with this. It sounds like there's a lot of follow-up and, uh, you know, reviewing of documents with the patient. And it's, it's a lot of time, frankly. Yeah. It can be really frustrating. Um, especially like I'm, I'm dealing with the situation right now where a patient got certified last year and it was a paper application and now it's online and, you know, we just can't figure out a way to update her old registration. So, you know, that's another thing. It's just, uh, when it works, it works fine. But when it doesn't work, it's weird. It's and, a mystery, right? Just like with what we've had with, and yeah. look, it, it's not like a huge issue to me. And I don't mean to get uh, into my personal issues with the program, but it's a valid issue, right? We've been trying to increase my allotment to what it was before uh, when I originally had my card, I had to recertify. And so you've been looking at that with me. And for some reason, the system just won't register that change. You know what I mean? Like we've done it multiple times. So like you say, it's like when it works, it works fine. But when it doesn't, it's just what I call a Christmas mystery. <laughs> yeah, so. that's exactly right. I mean, and not in a I good think, way. <laughs> I think they need to be a little more forgiving in their website and a little more transparent. Like a big thing that they could do is to just say, this is what's missing. Like, this yeah. is what's different between the patient registration and your registration, or this is the missing piece of your allotment increase that we still need like to be more helpful. Um, and I'll tell you another thing is that the state stopped having an answering service. So when you call in, they're, ju they're just like, uh, email us. That's, that's all you can do now. Oh, so they, wow. stopped, they stopped having anyone on the That's a really aggressive knock. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> like a cop. <laughs> cool it wasn't the police no thankfully okay. not it's just a contractor the guy who's yeah. doing my deck <laughs> he not he knocks like a cop that's um, it was terrifying i was like what <laughs> yeah i can't remember where we left off oh you were talking about the helpline and the fact that they no longer have that anymore yeah um, did you have any other thoughts on that oh yeah i mean i'm gonna actually try to call in later today and you know get some help about the patient that i mentioned um, so I will let you know if they're back into answering their phones, um, and the email system, it's just kind of, you know, it's just kind of hit or miss, you know, sometimes I'll get an email back. That's really helpful. Like we've reset the issue. The patient needs to do this and this, and it works perfectly. Um, but more often than not, I'll get an email back. That's like really generic. It's like, uh, the patient must register online. Here's instructions to register online. And I'm like, okay, that's mm -hmm. not helpful um, because we really need to know what the issue is and why we can't get them certified. So this like generic response is never good. And I get it probably like two thirds of the time. And then like one third of the time I'll get like really good specific guidance. That's just like, oh, thank you so much. Um, but yeah, that's another annoying part. Gotcha. 
So with regard to communication, it sounds like you've received relatively consistent communication as a physician. Uh, a report we've uh, fielded is that uh, some patients don't receive communication at all from the state. If they do receive it, it's a blank email. Um, some people do receive the email, which we've been able to obtain. Uh, what, what, what have you heard about communication with regard uh, what have you heard about communication between patients and the state? Obviously, it's really hard to get a hold of them uh, via the phone. Sometimes, like you say, emails hit or miss. What are your general thoughts on, on the way they communicate? Yeah, um, I would say that it's worse than other states. That's definitely true. Um, like Michigan is very, very responsive. There's always a person on the phone and usually they can take care of your problem with your account or your web account like on the phone in a few minutes. I think they are better staffed and they probably have a little more training. Illinois gives me the impression that they're just really overworked. Like the person monitoring the accounts isn't like, doesn't have the time or the energy to really like find out what your issue is. And they just like give you this standard response and you know, that's good enough for them. So I, I feel like Illinois you know, we're a huge state. There's tons of patients, you know, people probably get are, and we're in that like sweet spot where like a shitload of patients are getting certified every day. So they probably are really overburdened, like not responding the way that they should. Um, mm -hmm. As far as like specifically patients communicating with the state, I really don't know because for me and my business, I, you know, I take on a lot of the weight I do a lot of the communicating with the state. It's just like, it makes me feel good as a business owner. You know, it makes me feel like I'm doing a better job than the next guy. So sure. I do a lot of the communicating with the state and I haven't really heard anything from patients. Like for me, the, reg the job is not done until the patient is registered and their, their account says active on my side. So I like really get into the details and I do, I do it all until the, until the patient's active, I manage everything. Um, and I'm not like seeing an insane amount of patients where that's like impossible to do. You know, some days I'm working until seven, but it's, it is my pleasure to do this for the patients that use our business. It's what I enjoy doing. Um, so yeah, I guess from that specific question, I'm not really sure how they're responding to patients. Gotcha. Um, any other thoughts, um, on, on this subject at all, uh, the, the specific issues at hand or just the way that the program uh, runs? Um, I think we're moving towards a better place, honestly, even with all these like annoying things. At this point, I kind of know all the tricks to get people certified. <laughs> I, I mean, sometimes you have to take out their gender and put an X in and that's what, that's what works. Like there's all these stupid tricks to like get patients across, um, across the finish line. So I feel like things are okay right now. It could always be better. Um, I feel like things in the state are slowly improving. And I guess that's really the bottom line, like frustrating, but getting better. And if I could say one thing to the state, it'd be to fix your login functionality because it's shit. Yeah. Can I ask you one time about that? Uh, are you saying that you have to change your password five times a day? Yeah. Like if I log in with my first password of the day, usually it works for a few hours and then like I'll put in the same exact password and it'll be like, no, this password's wrong. I'm like, well, I know it's not wrong. It's saved. It's been working for the past like five hours. 
Um, and then I'll have to make a new one. And then, you know, you have and then to, you're good. yeah, then I'm good for a few more hours and then I have to reset it. And then you can't use an old password. So I'm like running out of passwords over here. Um, and that's probably my biggest pet peeve. I probably spend like 20 minutes a day just like resetting my password. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this boots on the ground report. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's my pleasure. I appreciate what you do. I'd like to thank my guests, Dr. Eric Lee from Green Mind Physicians and Rebecca Abraham from Acute on Chronic for joining me for this Boots on the Ground report. It is my hope that by bringing light to these issues, that we will not only resolve the current problems, but that we might make for a better future for the Illinois Medical Cannabis Patient Program. If I were to describe the future of the Illinois Medical Cannabis Program in one word, it'd be desolate. With basically zero plans to expand the program, I'm left to wonder if there even is a future for the program. As you may or may not know, there is a chance that we will see five more medical cannabis dispensaries open doors. But after that, that's it. There are no plans to allow more cultivation space for medical cannabis. On top of that, as we've reported multiple times, the new cultivators will only be allowed to sell their product as adult use cannabis. In other words, you will not be able to purchase cannabis from any of the new operators at the medical cannabis tax rate. It's my hope that we have a future that includes change for the better. As of now, we are in a state of bleak and dismal emptiness. That's all I have for you today, Chillinois. I hope that this episode gave you something to fight for. Contact your representatives and demand change and accountability with regard to these issues. Take care.